All right, and welcome back to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast with me, your host, Adam, and back from the dead, the sweet, sweet, cold, dead hands of the great white north. Orion, how you doing, buddy? Buddy, I am good. I am, well, I've been better, I'll admit. I've emptied, evacuated my body uh, because I have fallen victim to the stomach flu that apparently everyone everywhere is getting. So that's been that's been tight. But glad to be here chatting about this. This will make me happy. Yeah, so my uh, my voice is still getting over uh, being hoarse from this past Saturday from uh, the Power Wolf show. Um, I think in combination of getting my voice back, it's also like making me get a sore throat and feel sick. I'm just like, this isn't good. Oh boy, yeah. So well, we'll we're, slip we're, into this one like a nice warm bath. Yes, I hope so. So, uh, you know, this week, a little classic rewind edition, uh, like a second episode. First one we did was uh, the Judas Priest. Uh, what episode? What, what album was that? We did Sad Wings of Destiny. Yep. So this week, taking it back into your court with the 1990. Classic, Megadeth's Rust in Peace. This album is as old as us. I am a year older than this album. Woo! But yeah, this it's, album it's... is as old as me. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and it still slaps. We'll see about that. So, uh, and there's a quick recap. You know, last week we did uh, the just criminally wonderful album Inhuman Rampage by Dragon Force uh, doing pretty well it was just a fun fun time just reminiscing about you know Jinko jeans yet again uh <laughs> hot topic uh what else do we talk about um it's just like your quintessential guitar hero yeah, yeah big guitar hero 360p video on YouTube that you're showing to everybody yeah good times Hey, what were those energy drinks? Oh, balls. Remember balls. B A W L S. I sure do, buddy. They were disgusting. Just drinking some balls and playing some Ghost Recon with the boys. Grand balls, baby. <laughs> so, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, good episode last week. Uh, we heard back from Terry. He gave us a nice, lengthy email. So, thank you for that, buddy. Uh, it's pretty long, so I'm not going to read it this week. But let's uh, let's dive right in, man. Classic Rewind. You know, normally the podcast here on the Metal Oasis, we venture into albums that we grew up with or of like the current millennium uh, from newer bands and all that stuff, albums that shaped our taste in metal. But, you know, you can only have so many bands out there that you can talk about before you skip out on the foundation of metal and Megadeth being one of the big four of thrash. How can you, you know, not talk about one of their seminal albums? So... Ryan, take it away, buddy. It's all you. Well, that was an uh, excellent introduction and segue. So, yes. So, we're going to talk today about Megadeth, a very well-known band of the thrash community, as Adam mentioned, from the Big Four, which includes also Metallica, Anthrax, and Slayer. So, Metallica was formed in 1983 by Dave Mustaine, formerly of Metallica, much to everyone's surprise. By that, I mean no one's surprised, because it's very common knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> And today, what we're going to be chatting about is what is, in my humble opinion, Megadeth's best album. Uh, we'll talk about that some more as we move through it. So today's album is Megadeth, 
Rust in Peace, the fourth studio album that they released September 24th, 1990 by Capitol Records. And it was the first Megadeth album to feature guitarist Marty Friedman and drummer Nick Menza. And in a fun, cool kind of reunion, Marty Friedman actually just did a show with Megadeth um, a couple of days ago in Japan for the first time. And I think it was like 24 years so that's pretty sweet. And it's kind of churning rumor, the rumor mill of like, oh, my God, like, is Marty going to come back to Megadeth? And even though Megadeth replaces band members, except for Davis State, every what feels like 30 seconds, uh, who actually knows what's going to happen there? But anyways, so back to the album at hand. Uh, it is, again, considered one of the best thrash metal records of all time. So Decibel and Kerrang! and other publications listed in some of the best albums you should listen to. It was nam- nominated for a Grammy for Best Metal Performance at the 33rd Grammy Awards. Um and it's just one of those just kind of ubiquitous albums. If somebody's like, name the best thrash albums, or what are some of the best thrash albums? Most of the time, this album will at least come up. Now, that being said, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit, I think Megadeth can be a bit of a polarizing band, especially when you're a teenager. And it's like, fuck Megadeth. I like Metallica. Like, I don't like Megadeth. Um, some people say, well, Megadeth is better musically, and their guitar solos shred Kirk Hammett's. And other people say, I hate Dave's vocals. And other people say, I love it. I'm in the camp of both albums are very, or both both bands are great. And I love them both for different reasons, uh, which will, you know, there's a couple of songs on here that, that really will be uh, a test of that. But it's it's great. I'm excited to be chatting about this one with you. I don't think this is going to be you know a super super lengthy chat for us. Who knows? I say that, and then we could be three hours in. Hopefully not, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, this is one of those albums that's just in my bag of yeah, absolutely. It's like we got to talk about that. So I'm excited to be uh, be jumping into that with you today. Well, yeah. So I mean, how did you get into Megadeth? So uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, it was Chris who. <laughs> Got me into Megadeth, and it's so funny because you know I made that joke earlier about like being like you know young teens or things like that. They're like fuck Megadeth, that's how I was. I I didn't like Megadeth when I was younger. I I didn't like. I just felt like they were. And this is gonna piss people off. I thought there was like, oh, like, this is just a cheap ripoff of Metallica, and it's like, nah, not actually, yep. uh, not at all. Because actually, the songs that I heard, I was like, oh, that's a ripoff. Like Mechanics, that was a song that Dave Mustaine wrote before Four Horsemen, and that song is arguably better than four horsemen but you know that's a whole other can of worms but it took me a while to get into megadeth and actually appreciate them until this album in particular this and killing is my business the more i listened to them the more i was like okay this is fucking awesome now that being said does rust in peace top some of my favorite metallica albums i don't know it's pretty fucking close but yeah, I, I I'd say that both albums are or both bands are very very high in my my top list. So I don't really rank one above the other necessarily. Yeah, I, I'm in the boat of uh, definitely a Metallica fan over being a Megadeth fan. Um, the the vocals definitely were one to uh, I guess push me away from getting into Megadeth. Yeah, I liked like, James's more growly. Uh, vo- kind of growly vocal style and just had that oomph into it. Whereas Dave's, my mindset in high school was just like more like this like high pitched, whiny, nasally vocal, which you know it sounds kind of counterproductive considering that you know we just talked about ZP Threat or from Dragon Force with his high pitched vocals. We've talked about you know Three Inches of Blood with high pitched vocals, but it's just it's I think it's just the voice that it comes from, or just like. Ah, it just doesn't mesh well with my ears and whatnot, but I mean, really, it's 
been a long time of a slow, slow burn of just one song at a time. I've got to like really dive into that one song to get a, you know, used to Dave's vocals. And I'm slowly getting into the the Megadeth bandwagon, as I would say. So, I mean, growing up, I really didn't listen to Megadeth. I, I knew Symphony of Destruction. I knew uh, Killing. Um, fuck, what's it called? Killing is my business. And business is yeah, good. Business or P cells, yeah. stuff like that. Yep, P cells, sweating bullets, mm-hmm. and I mean, pretty much the MTV, I guess, songs that came out there. And it's really only been the past couple of years where. Uh, I've really tried to get into more of them. Um, I listened to their most recent album. Uh, was it The Damned, The Dead, and The Dying or something like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't Is that what it's called? The Damned, The Dead, and The Dying? Yeah, I think so. Look it up. But, yeah. And then, really, I guess what um, the linchpin for me getting into uh, Megadeth more was that random single, Angry Again. The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Thank you. Uh, but Angry Again, I fucking love that song. That song's it's, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just so simple. But it just, that's the dive. And then I remember yep. when Dystopia came out a couple years ago. Really liked that song. So, I mean, I'm trying to get into them more and more. So this was definitely a fun exercise to really, you know, I, I know Tornado of Souls. Um, and I knew Hangar 18. And you've played Holy Wars many many times but the other songs i really wasn't familiar with so fun exper- uh, experiment or you know and deep dive into a, a classic classic album yep for sure and it's it's gonna be interesting right when you kind of look at the the musicality versus the vocals because you look at kill em all for example james's vocals are pretty up there on on kill em all evil i mean he definitely has more of a guttural kind of sound and range i guess than dave for the most part, but when you go back to listen to Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All, James's voice is, is a little higher too. But yeah, I would yeah. say that's probably the biggest sticking point for most people when they listen to Megadeth is Dave's vocals. Um, which is fair, right? Like it's not it's definitely not for everybody. So but as we dive into each of these songs, we'll be ser- curious to see, you know, kind of how that makes an impact if if it does at all. Yeah. All right, man. Well, so before we go in the track by track, uh album cover, what you got? I, I love it. I love the album cover. It's just a very, to me, like old school metal album cover. You have all, you know, these politicians, you have um, uh, Rattlehead and you have like the alien in there. It's just cool. It's clean. I, I like these kind of, it just looks like a, it looks like an old school metal album cover. I don't really have any complaints. I think it's, it's cool. I dig it. I've had like three different t-shirts of this that I've just <laughs> recycled over the years, but I've always liked the album cover. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's got the gold Megadeth logo, and then it says Rusted Peace underneath of it. On the, it's like in a, a blue hue of an airplane hangar. Right, and it's got, you know, Vic Rattlesnake. Uh, what's the green thing he's holding? I guess, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I don't know if it's... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But I mean, it, it is a very... I think it's also a very classic-looking um, album cover, too, because it's, it's very metal. It's has a statement behind it uh, and it's very memorable. So I think that have all those pieces put together. It's, you know, one for the ages, as they would say. Mm -hmm. Good, good stuff. Well, I guess without further ado, man, let's take it away. You got anything else you want to add before we start? Dive in. 
No, I'm I'm excited to do this one, buddy. I think you know we're gonna have a few songs that we're gonna have a fair amount of thoughts on. Suppose we're gonna be like, okay, moving on. So yeah, I'm excited to, excited to dive in this one. That's how it's gonna be for me for all nine tracks. First track, <laughs> Holy Wars: The Punishment Due. <laughs> Kicking it off with Holy Wars. So cool story. Uh, got to see Megadeth when they did their what's math. I guess it would have been 20 year anniversary of Rust in Peace. Went with, with Jeff, actually, Jeff Mayer. Uh, and they played at the National and they did a tour. And if I'm remembering correctly, I got to catch them twice on this tour where they just played Rust in Peace in its entirety. Uh, and then they played other songs afterwards. But what I absolutely loved about that show was there was like virtually no fanfare or anything like that like Dave Mustaine the band just came on stage and Dave was like we all know where we're here right and then they immediately got into Holy Wars and it was just like the most hype way to start a show it was fucking awesome so Holy Wars as a song by a lot of people is kind of considered one of if not Megadeth's like magnum opus tracks it's just a very very technical very I mean, it's fairly long for a Megadeth song, but it's extremely layered and nuanced, and there's a lot going on with it. So you could probably tell right off the bat that I 
really, really love this song. I, I love the, the dynamic in it. I like the, the changes that happen through it. If you would indulge me at four minutes and 30 seconds. just there's just so many awesome moments in this song that have those like just really killer killer transitions and then i'll stop you know going on about how amazing the song is the last thing i'll say is i'll be the first to admit that dave's vocals frankly even for me and i'm a huge megadeth fan they're hit or miss for me they really are but one of the things that i will say from a from a lyrical standpoint a lot of the lyrical content in megadeth songs are really really good dave's a very good they're they're very good songwriters so i love the i mean there's so many good parts but honestly just the very first stanza of the song brother will kill brother spilling blood across the land killing for religion something i don't understand just simple stuff like that lyrically is just dope it's very well written i like it a lot so anyways i'll stop going on and on about this one this is one of the songs that i could talk for a very long time about but yeah this was one of the songs that kind of uh i don't know had me see the 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 truth of how dope this band is yeah i mean for me it is hearing how much you love this one song in particular i mean the album is the way the album opens with this song is fantastic i really like that funky bass tone that yeah. um, was it um yeah that dave effelson has and that's something that's pretty strong throughout this whole album is just the tonality of all the individual instruments. It's just everyone is has equal rights in the mix. Like no one's really being overpowered or whatnot. And you know, Dave's not just saying, "All right, lead guitar time. Everyone, shut the fuck up. It's my time to shine." It's everyone's got a great good mix, and it's a really good groove and the just constant changes. Like it's there's really never like a, a true like groove or melody that gets stuck in your head because it's always just kind of chaotic and bombastic and it's changing constantly, which is great about this one song in particular. Um, you know, and I think as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm starting to appreciate more Dave's, you know, vocal capability. More so just not because of he's not, he's a great singer, but because of him doing these just insane <laughs> just riffs yeah. while singing. Yeah, it's nuts. These, the lyrics and the lyrics aren't hard, but they're, you know, there's very, 
um, very few instances where the songs are rhyming line after line. It's almost just like I wrote down a sentence. It just fits, you know, these six words fit on this part. These eight words fit on this part. If it rhymes, great. If it doesn't, who gives a shit? I'm Dave Mustaine. Anyway, right? Um, that solo it was one thing I actually wrote down, which just ain't awesome, awesome killer. Like, killer solo. Loved it. And I did have a question for you, uh, being that I'm not a huge, you know, Megadeth fan. With Marty Freeman in the mix and then the new drummer, uh, Nick, on this album, what's it like, like, as soon as you drop the needle and hear Holy Wars from the beginning, is it a huge change and transition from the previous albums? It's, it's for me, it's, it's quite a step up personally. Um, so right before that is, uh, so far, so good. So what, I mean, it's, it's a pretty strong album too, but for me, it's one of those, like, I don't really know if this is the right, I'm probably going to get flack for this, but it almost feels like going from like, Ride the Lightning to Master Puppets. I don't really know how to describe it. I'm trying to think of like an easy comparison. That's um, a good comparison because Master yeah. Puppets is better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's for me, it's a step. <laughs> I mean, I I prefer it personally, but yeah. Um, so for and that's it's kind of hard to answer that because it's it's very subjective, right? But yeah. this to me feels like even compared to newer stuff. To me, this is the most flushed out album. Uh, in 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 my opinion, and it could be because I'm biased because two of my favorite songs with them are on this, but yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the, I think it's the tightest they've sounded in my opinion, and they have other songs and other albums that are like like I think you'd love if you haven't heard the song Trust, I think you would love that song. I think that one would be very much up your alley. Um, we can listen to it later, but yeah, cool. All right, next track, Anger eighteen.
All right. So bringing them back to Guitar Hero again with just another just slap to the face with fucking Hangar 18. Do you know how many solos are in this song, Adam? Five. There are 11 guitar solos in Hangar 18. (laughs) (laughs) There are 11 guitar solos in this song. Um, It's so hard to you know, kind of give this song its fair just due because it is it, the musicality on the song is is insanity. I mean, it really is. I mean, it has 11 solos. The The bass tone in it is really cool. Musically, it's it's a really, really fucking killer track. I will say this song for me suffers from a little bit of being overplayed, but that's just me because I've heard the song a bajillion times and played it a bajillion more times. But I mean, it's just such a fucking great, great song. It's definitely one of those go to if you want to you know show this band to somebody if you want to show off kind of their musical prowess throw hanger 18 at people. This is why well, this is one of those songs that a lot of people make like reactions to and things like that and especially because of Guitar Hero but yeah I mean this is a, this is a heavy hitter. This is a very heavy hitter not just in you know thrash but in metal in general. I mean it's a very technical song and it's uh pretty pretty damn good. What you think? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's fun. I mean, just the, I think the way that it opens. I mean, I've, one of the songs I've heard thousands of times, and just the way it kicks off, I'm just like, "Fuck!" All right, let, uh, not to allude to the next track, but uh, "Hangar 18" takes no prisoners. Uh, but it's just a, it's a fun track. It's short and sweet, even though it's it has all the solos in it. But it's just the story's not bloated or anything. Again, uh, the bass tone in it is just thick and warm and funky. Like it's just it's an awesome. I mean, everything's great on this song. I'm a big, big fan of it. Uh, lyrically, the one of the I think it plays into where Dave Mustaine's vocal, um, not vocals, lyrics are a little more tongue in cheek. Even though he didn't write these lyrics, but it's you know the military intelligence two words combined that make no sense uh, that can't make sense. Yeah, I and love that one. Pretty unique. It's like, huh? Definitely let us know where Dave and Megadeth stand, you know, in the mm-hmm. political realm. So overall, good song, uh, killer solos. I, I didn't know I could count up to 11 for how many were on here. This was getting blasted left and right with, as they just keep flying at you. So cool, cool song. I fucking right. love it. Next track. I alluded to it. Take no prisoners. <laughs>
All right, you've spoken enough about this album, uh, album already. So I'm going to take Take No Prisoners Away. And great, great, great fucking song. Again, just the way that album, uh, the song opens, killer intro. And we've been doing what? This is the 35th episode we've done for the podcast. And I have made it known my feelings about sick bass parts. I've already talked about the past two <laughs> songs, how great the bass tone is. It and let me just go back to this little ditty right here, real quick. Just hot damn! Which is out of nowhere. It's like yes, yes. Anytime a metal thrash band can just stop what they're doing and let the bass just get a little moment to shine, I'm like, yep, just you got me. It's locked in. All I'm all in. So. Again, this I like the thrashiness one. I know the first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, Ryan's gonna love this song because it's so thrashy. Just that opening, and you know, I actually think Dave's vocals are more controlled on this one. It's not super all over the place, like in the higher register. So great song, and again, just great, great cohesiveness uh, in the tone throughout. Yeah, this is, I mean, like I, we were chatting while the song was playing and I was like, there's some pretty sick bass moments. And you're like, I already have those typed up. <laughs> like, I know you do. And then you're like, all right, going to love the song because it's thrashy. Correct. <laughs> Bingo, bango. I fucking love this song. This is such a good thrash anthem song. It's so fun. It still has a lot of technical aspects to it, but it's just a kick you in the face, fire on all cylinders, badass thrash song. It still has like very good lyrics. It does. It, it, I mean, you know, the end is, is kind of redundant, but you know, when he says a retreat for the damned, a playground for the demented, a heaven for those who walk this world bereft of heart and soul. I mean, you can't really understand what he's saying for that part too well because he's like really just running through it pretty quickly, but it's still just cool. The lyrical content on this is is awesome, and then. The only segment that I'm going to, although there's a bunch of good ones, I love the way this song ends. I love the way Take No Prisoners plays out. Could you just play it from like 255 and we'll just let it play the end of the song? You got it, buckaroo. When your country can't do for you. What a good way to end a song. <laughs> I love that song. Good shit. Good shit, buddy. All right. Next track. The Five Magics.
so five magics. First of all, this song has a very long intro. I will say that right off the bat. I also find it funny how it goes from like this pretty long intro and you think it's going to kind of like segue into the song. And then it's just like Dave Mustaine kicks the door open and the song kind of like kicks off. Uh, it's it's a very interesting kind of interlude into it. Five Magics for me was a song that took me a few listens before I liked it. The first few times I heard it, I was kind of like I had trouble getting into it. But the more I listened to it, the more I really, really, really liked it. Um, it's it's a pretty interesting song. It's 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 to me pretty different from, a few, from some of the other songs on the album, but it has a really cool technical groove to it. Everything sounds really nice. I love the way the chorus kind of has almost like a bounce to it, and the outro solo is insane. We don't need to listen to it yet. I want to hear your thoughts first, but I do want to hear that solo before I move on. But yeah, Five Magics is a sleeper for me for a really long time, but it's it's grown on me quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely when I'm playing through the album. I'm I'm kind of like kind of bobbing and weaving through them. Like I can't really place my finger on where songs end and where songs begin. Sometimes when I'm just not paying attention to it, because you have this two minute fucking intro, and I'm like okay, that's a cool interlude, and then it's the song. Nope, that's the intro to the song. Which you know I'm kind of count uh, contradicting myself because we've said numerous times like. Why do you have to make this part a whole separate song? Just make it the beginning of the next song. <laughs> that's and true. like, if you just get rid of the first two minutes and make it a three and a half minute thrasher, like it's a perfect song. It's got cool lyrics, awesome, you know, vocals, killer riff. Like it's a great song. If you don't have that two minute intro, granted, it's got a cool, like the, the bass lines into it. Like the first minute is cool. But then the second minute, I'm just like, okay, this is just repetitive. Like I feel like you're just, trying to do something to add length to the song when it doesn't need to be there. You know, we wrote a song that had a, you know, 45 second bass intro in hindsight, never needed to be in there. I was just <laughs> indulging myself. Right. And, but take those two minutes off. Like, this is awesome. I love the, like the stomp breakdown. Give me alchemy. Give I me love it. Ready. I love Give it. Give me sorcery. <laughs> Thermatology. It's so good. It's so good, man. But <laughs> I just, the intro really kills it for me. And in, at, in terms of like, is it a certified banger? No, because that's too an intro. And that's coming from a guy that loves all these bass parts, but I just take it off. I think it, it it's indulgent and it doesn't fit. Mm, okay. I, so here's what I'll say. I do give the banger stamp on this one. However, I give it just a light dip in the old ink. I don't give it the full smudge a rub dub yeah because you know me i'm a sucker for for a good intro to a song uh, flying whales for example but even then yeah. i get tired of, of long intros and that's that's what happened with me five magics every time i heard the song even you know when i was younger i'd be like holy fuck like th this is cool but let's get to it um so i get it i'm not you know i i figured you would really like the chorus and you know especially that really like just hammering in the the five magics piece was really cool last you know, indulgence for a couple of songs. I know I just did this with Take No Prisoners, but the outro in Five Magics is also insane. From 4.45 until the end, it's just, it's absurd. And I wish more of the song was like this, but it's so good. It's so good.
it's just <laughs> I like to imagine like the curtains going down and Dave just like like flings himself out of the way of the curtains, keeps playing his solo, and like the band is just like, no, like put that shit back up, we're not done. It's just it's it's so absurd. It's it's so very megadeth, and I love it. <laughs> always always for, I always forget how good the outro to five magics is. And then that part comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, this this gives it a few more points. So uh yeah, I love that part. Awesome. Fun, fun solo. All right, next track. Not poison is the cure. Poison was the cure. Nobody, you you take it away. Yep, you do it. You got to do it. All right. How can I say this politely? I hate this song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I do not like this song, and I wrote down earlier. Actually, I won't say it now. I'll say it at the end. Um, okay. Bass intro. All right. Cool. 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 And but then it goes on too fucking long, and it's only a three minute song. <laughs> yeah. And I really just feel like this is a filler track. I think it's a filler track. And it says, you know, Dave Mustaine writes all the songs and lyrics. And I don't feel like this is, maybe it is, I don't fucking know. Maybe it doesn't feel like a, an Elfson bass line. It just sounds like, cause it's all open and it's got some cool, just, you know, 
high notes that he throw in there. And it's a cool intro, right? I'll give it that's due. But then once the lyrics kick in, it's just chaos, but not in a good way, like Holy Wars was. And I, I, we talk about, you know, harsh vocals where you can't understand what they're saying. It takes an ear to really understand it. But that's a different type of vocal. Like you're, you know, what they're gonna do? Harsh vocals where it's guttural. That's what it is. With Dave on this one, it's just a jarbled mess of him just like spitting out words as quickly as he can. And I, I maybe that's just not like the like the punk lover in me uh, or the real like heavy heavy thrash. I don't know. I, I need some melody. I need some change in the song structure, and this one just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I I wouldn't give it two thumbs down. I'll give it one. Well, buddy, I agree. Uh, I got to say, actually, that when it comes to this album, this song never really does it for me. The I, the the, the bass intro is is comically too long, and for like I don't know why this song. This is like a montage song for something really chaotic going on. So you should take the middle chunk of this and have it playing during an episode of Supermarket Sweep, and then it would fit in perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it, you know, I love thrash, but here's the thing. Thrash can be chaotic, but also very digestible, right? Like think of, uh, if we already talked about Holy Wars, uh, Take No Prisoners. Is, you know what? I'll use that. That's a better example. Take No Prisoners and Poison Was a Cure have some similar formula elements, right? They're both like very fast, very thrashy, very heavy. But I think Take No Prisoners is significantly better than Poison Was the Cure. This song for me, yeah, is is not not one of my favorites for sure. I think there's there's a really good solo towards the end, and I think again musically, it's very hard to say anything negative about Megadeth's ability to play songs. But when you compare Poison Was the Cure to the intricacies of Holy Wars and even just the delivery in Take No Prisoners, this feels a lot weaker than those. Yeah. So I'm with you, buddy. Awesome. Well, we finally agree, especially on bass. That's crazy. I know. And that's, right. why I, that's why I was like, I want you to go first because I was picking you. I was like, you, you see that drum? And I saw your, your face was happy during the bass part, but then it started to fade as the bass went on. And I was like, oh, let's see how this goes. Yeah. All right. Next track, Lucretia.
All right. So let's talk about well the the genesis of the song because it's 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 uh, pretty funny. So there's a few different iterations of what people think the song is about and what Dave Mustaine referenced. So he said it's about a guy who happens to be called Dave and he's just in trouble and all his friends think he's crazy and he goes to a fortune teller. She talks about how he feels, where he came from, how he got there, and that she knew about his intentions and had been waiting for him for a long time. So that's how Dave described it. The kind of canon surrounding the song is that Dave was super high and that there was a ghost named Lucretia in his house that he would often sneak off to to speak with. <laughs> and that's been kind of the more like agreed upon uh, like canon of the song. And hasn't really necessarily been like super disputed. Um, there's one part I got to try and find it real quick. Uh, well, why does that sound exactly not like Dave, but Jeff? Yep. That is a Jeff Mayer story through and through. Play at 53 seconds. Chris said this to me once. Okay, there's a couple of lyrics things, not just the song. Um, whenever you hear, uh, I think I've told you this before, when you hear Enter Sandby by Metallica, and instead of thinking and of things that will bite, you instead think and of baked apple pie, that's all you'll be able to hear James Hetfield say. At this part, at 53 seconds in Lucretia, Chris said this to me once, and I can't shake it. It sounds like Dave is saying, do, 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 and Dave Mustaine. Play that real quick. <laughs> that's what I hear every time now, ever since Chris mentioned that. That's that's just what pops in my uh, every time I hear the song, I, I listen for that part. It makes me smile. Uh, last thing I'll say, no, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. The Marty Freeman guitar solo in this song is incredible. It is incredible. I'll, I'll try and find a, tam- a timestamp for it momentarily, but let you go ahead with your thoughts um, on this song because it, it's it's a cool song. Lucretia is a is a weird song, but it's always it's always been pretty solid for me. I've I've always liked the song. The solo is amazing. It's a fun song. It's kind of different, but it's groovy and cool, and it's not like super long or anything. So, so I've always liked it. Yeah, I wrote down this is a sleeper through and through. Mm-hmm. Like it's the way it's it has that stomp open, and I really like the. Um, I mean, you have the like that really like picked guitar part. It just it's it's an earworm. Like it just kind of sticks right there. It's like. It's just so, so so cool and catchy. And then I think from tonality-wise, it's a great, you know, pick-me-up from Poison Was the Cure because the the bass tone in this, again, is a lot better. It's it's groovier. It's got a better riff in it. And, you know, I, I think where we shit on Poison Was the Cure with kind of like the short blast of vocals going through, this one's a little bit slower, and it, make, and it, just, it fits better. It's... It make it works better for the song because you can understand what he's saying a little more to outside of the do do do. I'm Dave Mustaine, mm-hmm. and but yeah, it's it's just a fun song. I think it's this one grew me a lot because at first I was like, uh, okay, okay, it's what's so unique about it. But then once I really start listening to it more and more, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a dope ass song for sure. Yeah, it's it's it is. I agree. It's it's very much a sleeper. There's segments of it that take a little bit to like really notice. 
that there's a lot of layers to this song and the solo is just phenomenal i mean there's like a minute and a half of solos but if you just want to play from like 230 for like 20 seconds or so just like a little snippet of it it's just it's really damn good Yeah, I mean, they just absolutely shred on this song. And Marty Freeman had a, a pretty funny quote. He said, uh, this solo is a wonderful example of my playing. She is all in it. It looks like it's worked out, but it's not. I changed chords in different ways, almost like a jazz band, which, of course, I'm not. To technically explain the solo, I would need a sheet and a half and a press presser of music. I'm very pleased with this one. So it's just, you know, kind of realizing like, yeah, that was a good one to capture. That's just... uh the solo one that's dope. It's it's a very unique song, so I've, I I like it. It's definitely a sleeper. Yeah, great song. All right, well, next track, Tornado of Souls. <laughs> This song, Tornado of Souls. So 
just you know kind of lyrical content we haven't dove, dove into this too too much with songs but this song is referencing a dysfunctional relationship and kind of dave's experience with that and how he sprang out of it how he had to break he broke it off with his with his fiance um and that's kind of where the song comes from and this is another solo that marty freeman says this is one of his his all-time favorites um which mistane has has referenced as well i'm going to keep my comments brief at the beginning because i want to hear your thoughts on this for me i would make the argument this is easily top five thrash songs of all time i would say that this is one of the best thrash songs ever made not just megadeth but across the board and will i say it's number one it's a it's a contender there's another megadeth song on this album that's pretty high up there too but for me personally i think tornado of souls is 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 is, tornado of souls is lightning in a bottle i mean this song has everything you'd want for this type of song and it's executed like to a t so i have a couple of moments with the song that i want to reference you know after you know i want you to say your thoughts on it but there's just a couple of cool moments that i want to reference too but i want to pass it over to you first grab your ink pad and grab your stamp slam it real nice and thick get that stamp nice and juicy with all that ink and slam it down 10 out of 10 yes. certified fucking banger yes i've yes. heard this song before but really never gave it too much of you know the it's due time right holy hell this song like you said it has everything you want it's dare i say it the perfect thrash song yeah you've got just a awesome awesome funky intro you finally have a little bit of melody in the thrash song i love the way you know as dave is going through with the lyrics and everything you can feel the groove the build up the build up the build up and then it's like but now i'm safe in the eye of the tornado i can't replace the lies that led a hundred thousand days ago just mm. and there's just so many different parts like the song grooves it the vocals fit well they got a nice melody running throughout you've got probably one of the best solos on this album i'm gonna say it yep it's just so catchy it's you can hum the solo almost and then right at the end like at four minutes 50 seconds you know i love when you can hear like again the bass coming through and you can just hear like a high bass ride just running up the fretboard in the background just do 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 i'm just like and it just like slams back in and just awesome awesome song i you know tornado souls i'm just yeah fucking great ass song and I have nothing else better to say. I love it. It makes me ear, so it happy. It makes me get, makes me grin ear to ear. <laughs> it, dude, it's so. And this is like, I've talked about Megados with you for you know, our entire friendship. There's been a few songs that I've referenced a few times. We've listened to Tornado Souls together a couple of times, but again, we didn't give it. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's just due. And desserts. so it's just dessert. And I, I, you know, we'll talk about this when we get to the song rankings. And I've mentioned this to you before. Is this one of my favorite albums of all time? absolutely is this album a cover to cover 10 out of 10 every song banger no but there are some songs on here that are like 25 out of 10s and this is one of them and so it it makes up for it i will again i can't you know gush about the song enough it's so tight it's so good the transitions are so awesome it's just it's executed so perfectly like just one quick example if you go to 
um, like 205 and then just moves into that transition from there. Heart is just so. I I just love, and there's so many moments like that, right? Where it just has these like really quick, but super clean transitions. It's just it's execute. It, it just happens right when you want it to. You know what I mean? Like it just happens flawlessly. And then just one last little segment that I just want to pull up for a few seconds at 3:50. The the guitar solo from that part is just, I mean, chef kiss. It's so good. just that transition back into the vocals and you know we, we've mentioned this and you know a few times the songs we've listened to that they just have those like anchor points in your life right where it's just the lyrical meaning of the song and how it can just really grip you we, we i mean i guess it just happens with a lot of the bands we listen to there's a lot of songs that correlate with like bad breakups or things like that this is definitely one of those songs that's helped me get through like bad breakups in the past and thinking about being in like a super toxic relationship so when he says can't say what's on my mind can't do what i really feel in this bed i made for me is where i sleep i really feel i mean that's just like perfect description of being in a shitty relationship so uh yeah i I've, I've loved this song for forever and there's every, everything about it I love. So I'll stop gushing about it. But 10 out of 10, I think you agree with me there. This song is phenomenal. Indeed. All right. Next track. Dusk Police. Wait. Dawn Patrol. Got it.
Adam, you have some thoughts on this or do you want me to go first? Go ahead, buddy. I'll be brief. Dawn Patrol is weird as hell. Uh, it is definitely very much an interlude song into Rust in Peace is, is kind of the vibe that I have from it. It's it's weird. It's a weird song. I don't honestly ever really know how I feel about it. Whenever it comes on, I'm, I always kind of furrow my brow and I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about it. Because um, it's not really an instrumental and it's not really like a normal interlude track. So I don't know. I mean, the bass line is, is, is kind of groovy. It was kind of interesting to see this live, but it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how I would it's not super high on my playlist. I'll put it that way. What you got? Fucking hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I you you said it perfectly. Like it's not an interlude, but it's not a sort like a um instrumental. And like just now listening to it again, I was thinking like maybe just like I'm thinking okay, Dawn Patrol, thinking about the the lyrics and what the sentiment of what the album was trying to be and what it was trying to, you know, bring to light. I just, I don't really get what it's supposed to be. It is a very groovy baseline. I, I, that's the only saving grace to it, but overall it's just why. Yeah. It's a weird I one. Thought it just why. And yeah. I don't, you know, the, like super sulking Dave voice on the vocals just sounds a little strange. And I I don't like it either. Like and I've said it thousands of times, you know, when the guitars go away and it's just, you know, drum and bass and vocals, I love that shit. But now I got a two minute song of nothing but that and I hate it. <laughs> like it just <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like why you know, is it you know, now like going back to, you know, Five Magics, was this supposed to be the interlude that leads into Rust in Peace? And they actually broke it off into its own song. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like, why don't you just put it with Rust in Peace and make it one long song? But I just, I don't know. I, not a fan, don't understand what it's about. Um, so, next track, the title uh, track. I, yep. The title track. Rust in peace. Polaris.
final song. Go ahead. So I'll give a little bit of um, kind of context of the song. So this song is written from the perspective of a nuclear weapon. So this is uh, taken from the perspective of Polaris, which is a nuclear missile in the United States arsenal. So it's as if the nuclear weapon is pretty much saying, as Dave put it, like, tremble you weaklings cower in fear. Uh, and so this is kind of their way of personifying this this nuclear warhead. And Dave said, as soon as the fucking thing detonates, it discharges nuclear fallout. People think they can go underground and get away from it. But what happens when you come up, it's still there. There is no safety. So it's like, you know, the, the grand finale to the album, this nuclear warhead that's going to just like eradicate mankind kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting that the uh, that's kind of where the song is coming from. So it's uh, it's 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 pretty cool in that regard. I I actually want to hear your thoughts on this song before I before I share because I I am curious. It's a very interesting song. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I have to say. It's 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 good chaotic. Yeah. You know, it's all, all over the place. Though I think at this point we're, you know, 5 years in to Megadeth being a band and you're seeing or really hearing I'm not really hearing. Dave has always had a very weird song structure, the way he sings songs, where it's almost like he's got three to four different voices that he puts on in a song, you know, where he's got this high pitch, this talking, this grumble, and it's just this weird groove all throughout. You can see that very in this song a lot, which is can be very uh, disorienting. Dis- disorienting, disorienting. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Disorienting, disorienting. Excuse me. Yeah, very disorienting, and because like it's it's almost like getting punched left and right the whole song. The it's got a really cool groove. Um, I think probably the lyrics are probably some of the coolest things within the song. I mean, I didn't really realize until it was the missile coming from that point of view. Yeah. And then you just tie it in. It's okay. Well, now it's you know. You fucked the world. Now rust in peace, you filthy bastard. Like, you fucked us all. Great. Like, it's just, okay. So, I don't know. I just, it's an awesome song to close the album. Yeah. You know, it showcases all the musicians' capabilities. It's a, it's a very good showcase for what Megadeth has become at this point in 1990 and what we'll continue to do to kind of keep, I mean, really keep metal alive as, as it kind of goes back underground throughout the nineties. So, yeah, I'm glad you, you made that point because one of the things I was going to say is there are aspects of Russ and peace that you can kind of hear the foundation for what Megadeth will start to sound like after this album. You know what I mean? Like there's some kind of like, like cryptic writings kind of stuff, like symphony of destruction, you know, those, those are kind of, I don't know if I want to use necessarily dialed back. I mean, they are, right? Like they're not nearly as thrashy or or crazy. But so I think Rust in Peace almost has a bit of that foundation that you start to see with later Megadeth albums. So, yeah. yeah. Like, where it's like Hangar 18 and Take No Prisoners, as thrashy as they are, you know, that's like, it's almost like going from like 1999 to 2000. It's like, yeah. okay, the 80s thrash is the beginning of the album, and the 90s Megadeth sound is Rust in Peace. It's mm-hmm. almost like there's, it's almost like the missile is separating, you know, leaving the past behind us and, you know, forging a new trail 
into what we're, we're going to become. Yep. If you can think about it in that kind of hindsight. So, yeah. Really cool song, sure. man. I mean, I, I do dig it. Uh, not my favorite only album, but definitely up there for sure. Yeah. I would say it's, it's a strong. For me, I mean, again, I'm biased. I absolutely love this album. There's a couple of songs that I don't particularly like. I at least very much like every other song on the album or love. So, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. But I have a couple of songs on here that I'm like, eh. And then a lot of them I'm like, I love this. So I don't think ranking is going to be uh, too surprising for most of our listeners. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what they think. All right. Well, I mean, that's, that's Rust in Peace. Yeah, buddy. Wild, man. It's awesome, you know, throwback. So let's get to the best part of the episode. Let's rank this biatch. Let's do ready? it. I need like 30 seconds. Are you, do you have yours done? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're so prepared. Number one and number nine are easy. Everything in the middle is tough. All right, buddy. I'm ready. All right, ranking time. Classic Rewind, 1990, Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Your album, lead us off. All right, buddy, number nine. I'm going with Don Patrol for number nine. I just, yeah, don't need it. No surprise there. Also, number nine for me, Dawn Patrol. Sound the alarms. Number eight. You. Poison was the cure comes in at number eight for me. My number eight is also Poison was the cure. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, really no surprises there. So pretty much after those two tracks is when it really gets real sticky. Right. Every other song is a 10 out of 10. So they're all ranked one. All right. Your turn. No, uh, <laughs> my, my number seven. And it's so funny. Nine and eight, I mentioned there's a couple of songs I just don't need. Most of these are borderline tied i'm in like multi-decimal actually for one of these i put 9.875 oh my god <laughs> my number seven i'm going with rust in peace all right my number seven is five magics oh that's ranked lower than i was expecting from you i'm telling just get rid of the first two minutes and it's a 10 out of 10 but that just that intro just kills it for me. So, yeah, well, that makes your sense. Number six. My number six is Lucretia. My number six, and you're gonna hate me. Lead off track. Holy Wars. The punishment due. I don't hate you. You're wrong. But I, no, I'm just kidding. That's. Uh, I mean, this is a great album, man. It's hard. It's hard to. Uh, you know, if you put Holy Wars as last below like Don Patrol, I would have left the meeting. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's fine. I'm not mad at that. Wait, what the hell number are we even on? Five? Five. Five is five magics for me. Okay. My number five is Home of the Aliens, Hangar 18. Okay. My number four is Hangar 18. My number four is aptly titled rust in peace polaris I, that's interesting i thought that song would have been lower but okay all right my number three yes number three take no prisoners my number three is lucretia oh i think if i'm remembering right i can't remember if chris loved i think it's five magics 
that might be Chris's favorite song on the album. It's either that or Lucretia might it might be one of those two. It's one that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but it's his favorite song. Um, uh, it's it, Lucretia was just a sleeper. Like it grew me so quickly. Yeah, and it just it's just funky. And it's a great song, and I think probably the do do do. I'm Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine made it even better. <laughs> yep. All right, your number two. Mine. No. What's your three? Uh, was it Lucretia? Your number three is Take Purchase. Yeah. All right, your number two. My number two. Holy Wars, the punishment due. Uh, my number two is Take No Prisoners. Which, which means number one at the best song on the album, Tornado of Souls. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was before we even started. Just when, it, when I typed out Tornado of Souls, just went over to my line and just put one. One. Yep guaranteed like this was number one from the very beginning my one two three has been cemented since i was 15 years old so those will not change but four through seven those can move around eight and nine don't need them uh yeah well that's pretty good i mean this is actually pretty surprising this is like pretty close so we've got holy wars i've got six you have two hanger 18 five and four take no prisoners two and three Five Magics, seven five, Poison for the Cure, eight eight, Lucretia, three six, Tornado of Souls, one one, Dawn Patrol, nine nine, Rust in Peace, Polaris, four and seven. So, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, obviously the bottom two are the bottom two. And then our top three are pretty, pretty darn close. Like two out of the three, I think we're pretty darn oh, yeah, close. So, yeah, so we have taken the presence of two and three, and then. I've got Lucretia at three. You have Techno Prisoners. So um, we have Lucretia at six. So yeah, I mean, this is, I think, a pretty interesting because it's, you know, Hangar 18, we have a one split. Techno Prisoners is a one split. And then, right, it's <laughs> everything's kind of a pretty widespread when you break it down that way. But I just think for an album that you absolutely love growing up and one that I've really only been digging for the past, you know, month or so. Um, I guess that's why we're best friends. Like we still you know, slide to the same types of songs. Yep. It's just you've got more time with them. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely. I, I can see why this is deemed such a classic album, especially in thrash. But for Megadeth uh, in particular, obviously it's their album, dumbass. But outside of those two songs, none of them are are bad. You yeah, know, they're all good songs I, I don't i wouldn't say all of them are great songs you know i don't have the affinity for the lead off two tracks holy wars and hangar 18 like you do there's i still i still give them an eight out of ten they're you know good songs but i mean for me the greats is when it hits the nines and tens and that's where they're taking the prisoners and lucretia were and obviously tornado souls the 10 out of 10 which was a 25 out of 10 100 out of 10 you know <laughs> yeah it just, I think this is a definitely a good album. Like, but you've got to spend the time with it, with Dave's vocals to really appreciate. You know, once you get through that hurdle, then you get into the intricacies of you know all the guitar riffs, and then obviously the solos are always be blasting in the face. So, I think that alone, if you can just blank out Dave's vocals and just listen to the guitar work, yeah, I could say where that is. You know, after this, like. 
in-depth you know dive yeah the solos from dave and marty freeman are better than kirk hammett if you want to do the battle between those two bands so i, I can definitely see that now whereas i mean kirk hammett is still a great guitarist and lead guitarist and has great solos but you know i think when you have two lead guitar players in the band yeah you know, it's a little more different in terms of what you can do in terms of like the battling just like we talked last week with you know sam and herman like having those two whizzes battle one another it makes you better right yeah so yeah no and that's you know that's the the, the great debate i mean i'm i'm very glad that i've gotten to see the big four not together like chris has but i've seen each of them and you know i love metallica i love megadeth and i love different things from each of them and that's kind of the beauty of doing this right is that you could find something that you glean from a band that you really like or don't and you know dave's vocals not for everybody people can make the argument that megadeth is musically more technical than metallica sure whatever but at the end of the day like i don't give a shit like you like what you like and that's that's all that matters yeah, for sure. So, yep. So that's Rust in Peace. Excellent album to kind of pull back the layers on the metal journey thus far. Definitely, you know, when you pull back What You Bleed, I'm sure this uh, What You Bleed Blue is definitely some mega death from this album for sure. So, oh, yeah. exercise. Definitely enjoyed it, man. This is super fun. So, well, that's it. So, thanks again, everybody listening week in and week out to the podcast. Appreciate all the feedback and emails that we were getting. Here lately, and definitely the uptick in more listeners from each episode. Uh, it's just great to see this growing and growing and getting into more countries, getting into a bigger footprint across our country. So, you know, again, continue to follow us on Facebook at the Metal Oasis Podcast, on Twitter at the Metal Oasis. And, you know, the best way to get in contact with us is email, which is the Metal Oasis at gmail.com. Again, that's the Metal Oasis at gmail.com. And, you know, continue to listen on wherever you can find podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to say anymore, you know, the gambit, what you listen to it and where you've been listening to it from the past, you know, six months, seven months, eight months, whatever it's been now. So, again, appreciate it. Ryan, thank you, buddy. This has been fun. And with that being said, you got anything else? You know what? This has been a great experience, buddy. I'm glad we finally did this album. You know, this one is on the short list for some of my favorite albums of all time. So I appreciate you taking a dive with me. Glad that you got a couple of tracks from it that you might be able to keep on your regular rotation. So uh, that's good. I'm going to take some Tylenol PM and uh, go to bed. That's my plan. Like that scene from Mr. Uh, from Family Guy with Mr. Herbert. Oh, Whoever no. the most Tylenol PM wins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to win that game. Uh <laughs> Ryan, my buddy, my friend, I will catch you on the flip side. Later, me dude.